The music in this episode contains language that some listeners may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Sound Thoughts on Art, a podcast from the National Gallery of Art. I'm your host, Celeste Headley. Art can engage all of our senses. We hear music, we see a photo, we walk around a sculpture, we taste fine food. Standing close to a favorite painting, we can even smell the wood or oil paint. But it's when our senses work together that things get really interesting. When we listen, what do we see in our mind's eye? When we stand in front of a painting, what do we hear? This podcast lives in that convergence. In every episode, you'll learn about a work in the National Gallery's collection from someone who knows the art and its context. You'll also hear a musician respond to that work through sound, creating a dialogue between the visual art and music. Sound Thoughts on Art tells the stories of how we experience art and how it connects us. In this episode, we explore what it means to be an activist. To be an activist in 2021 could entail any number of actions on scales massive and tiny. For artist Carrie James Marshall, it means creating pieces of art that depict Black Americans, and particularly Black men, with complexity and beauty, both traits that traditionally are more often ascribed to white artists and subjects. Untitled Man, a woodcutting he created in 2017, is just one example in a decades-long catalog of work. Though carved and inked with careful precision, the titular man raises more questions than he gives answers. His face could be smiling or grimacing. He could be hugging himself out of self-love or protecting his body. He could be in bondage. Musician and activist Jaziri X sees himself in The Untitled Man, and like many people of color, he sees several versions of himself, the one he presents to the world and the one that feels most authentic. And when Jaziri looks at The Untitled Man, he revisits a long-standing internal debate. Are artists too inherently privileged to be true activists? And if not, should an activist ever really take a vacation? When we asked Jaziri to respond to Untitled Man in Music, he revisited these questions and some music he wrote when they were front and center in his mind. Tell me about this particular work of art and what you thought of, I guess, when you first saw it. Yeah, so this is a piece uh, by Carrie James Marshall called Untitled. And when I saw it, I saw depth in it. I mean, it's a, it's a, a, a piece of a, a Black man. But I kind of saw this, I guess, duality in it. You know, you can interpret it in different ways. You can interpret it as somebody smiling. You can interpret it as, you know, uh, somebody kind of going through some things. It wasn't something that you just looked at and was like, oh, okay, this means this. You know, it was different layers to the piece. And that's what really, I guess, struck me about it. Before we hear more from Jaziri X, though, let's learn more about Carrie James Marshall and Untitled Man from the National Gallery's own James Meyer. Untitled Man is an image of uh, a single person of African descent his arms are clasped by his hands in a kind of crossing way, and he is staring out at a viewer, and his mouth is open. We can see his teeth, and he's staring at us. Can you give us the context of this particular work and what 
what do you what do you think of the 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 year and the time in which he made this? Well, the Black Lives Matter movement had been underway for several years, thinking, of course, about uh, police violence against, against persons of color, particularly against black men. So I think that that's the timely context for this work in 2017. But the artist has long been depicting uh, black men in different states of being, really throughout his career, going back to the 1980s. So we have to think about this work within a longer arc of his career. Do you think this piece looks modern? If you had just seen it without knowing who had done it, would you know? No. When? <laughs> I, I would not. And that, to be honest, like, I would not um, think it was modern. You know what I'm saying? Off top. Like, like as I as I look closely at it, I can say, yeah, but I think, to me, that's the power of this piece. I think this piece can exist. You know, you could you could kind of say, oh, this might be like a black and white photo, you know, from from the from the from the, you know, 20s or 30s or 40s. I, but but I think to me, the sentiment that I get from this picture is timeless. To me, it encapsulates the experience of a, of, a, of, a, of a black man in America, in my interpretation. So the sentiment is timeless. So you can take this and put it put it where put it in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. There, there hasn't been an era yet. You know, we hope to create one where we can be completely free and liberated. And so you can put that in any era at that point. I wonder if you've tried putting your arms in the same position as this guy's arms are. And the reason I asked that is because when I tried to recreate that position, it forces you to hold yourself quite tightly. And I wonder what you think of that body language. How are we to interpret the way he's holding himself? Well, an artist, of course, arranges a body, sometimes in ways that are not naturalistic, realistic, to capture some kind of meaning or feeling. Certainly you can grab your arms in this way if you want to, but it's an unusual position. It's not something we do. It seems defensive. It seems like he's being attacked. It seems like he's under duress. So how do you see this piece then? I mean, do you think he is smiling? So I, I, I see it several ways. I think you can look at it, and this is what, what I like about it. I think you can interpret it se- several ways. You know, so I see like a almost like a smile through hardship and trials. That's kind of what I see. You know what I'm saying? So I see kind of like a... Uh, a, 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 a resilience um, to it. And, um, you know, even how, like, he has his hands positioned, it's almost like, to me, it's, it's, it's a resemblance of, like, a straitjacket. What I saw into it was this, you know, struggle of, of, of a Black man in a, in a system um, that seeks to, you know, criminalize us, um, that seeks to kind of, like, hold us back to where we can't really be our full, true, authentic selves, you know, because to, to be that would be, to some people would be scary, to some people would be, it'd be disrespectful or, to, or, or too flamboyant or too loud or whatever. How he's standing and I kind of like where his arms, like that's not a necessarily a natural where you have your arms like that. You know what I'm saying? To me, that's symbolic of like being kind of restrained 
And so to me, it's like how, how somebody will say like, um, like, how are you doing today? Oh, it's all good. I'm good. But like you might be fighting in, inside. You know what I'm saying? And it's you don't want to take the time to say, well, really, this is how it's. <laughs> let, me, let me sit you down and tell you how I really feel. Um, and so to me, I look at that as that's that face that you put on. You know, when I've occupied spaces that are particularly art spaces are very white, very white and privileged. I ha- I have to, you know, I, I don't I don't know necessarily if I want to use the word impress, but you want to make these connections because of what it could mean to your career. And so that's kind of what I see. And that's a little bit of what I've experienced personally. So, James, not every artist is also an activist, right? But that is definitely true of Marshall, who has been pretty vocal about political issues and his activism through his art. How does his activism influence what he chooses to create? It's important to understand um, that Kerry Marshall is of an age where he saw a great deal of activism as a child. Uh, He was born in 1955 in Birmingham, Alabama, and as a child, he was in a city where the civil rights movement really uh, expressed itself quite famously, was there when the 16th Street Baptist Church was, was bombed. His family moves to California, to Los Angeles in 1963, when he's eight years old. And he uh, sees the Watts riots with his own eyes in 1965. He also saw the Black Panthers in his neighborhood. They had their headquarters in South Central Los Angeles, where he lived. So he grew up with a very keen uh, awareness of activism. And that has informed his work iconographically. There's paintings about the civil rights era, about civil rights memory but also um, in terms of his own attitude of sort of getting his images into the world, into the museum, but beyond the museum, uh, images of black uh, people where they are often absent. So tell me about the pieces that you've chosen to accompany this work. And and maybe we could start with Bay House, Uh, why this particular piece goes well with this piece from Terry James Marshall. Right. So so, so it's a couple of reasons. Um, I think the first reason I kind of looked at this set of music is because this was actually music I created at a residency I did with the uh, Robert Rauschenberg Foundation. So it was kind of connected to art in a way. It was, it was the first time I was really able to go and, you know, just worrying about, worry about like creating art. You know, most of, most of the times I'm creating art in the midst of trying to do 101 other things, you know. Um, and so uh, that was that was one thing that made me think about it. But also, I think in, in both pieces, I kind of talk about this, you know, this duality of kind of being able to do what I love to do, but then the kind of that internal fight. So Bay House One, for me, was about me kind of talking about, you know, this internal fight. And so that was actually, the, that was the first song that I wrote um, at the Rauschenberg residency, that was the name of my room. So it's different h- houses. There's the beach house. There's the the print house. And so I was in the bay house, and my my room number was one. So w- one of the things that inspired the song for me was um, inside of my room. Like Robert Rauschenberg liked to read, 
So he would have like bookcases all over the different properties. So inside my room, I had this bookcases with just all these unique, different books, you know, from books on dreams or books on art. So he also had the book like Without Sanctuary, which is photography of like lynchings in America. And like, so all of these things kind of came together um, as I started writing. And I was by myself, you know, like I was like kind of like by myself a lot. So being there kind of alone with my thoughts with these books, and that's what I produced. Here's Bay House by Jaziri X, uninterrupted. of a prophet inside a mind that's diabolic the relationship can be described as symbiotic raps rauschenberg throwing waves at jackson pollock blinded every time i decided to face my promise posting highlights espn sports centers of my life they never see me dancing with the devil in the twilight they only see me chilling turning lemons in the limelight always giving opinions every asshole's got hindsight if life was just inside a booth in front of live mics i would be christ-like the white knight of the nightlife enveloped in darkness without a nightlight the walking dead looks lifelike as zeitgeist big city bright lights las vegas on fight night i travel through the chaos like muhammad in night flight Vamp- Empire's fright night, black death and white flight. No pen and pad, I type right. The Art of surreal, the code that broke the seal, the embodiment of God and the physical on the wheel. Soldiers that's in the field, the kings behind the shields. When icons turn into pythons and start to peel. I'm the product of the pain of seeing my parents kill. Vigilante, Carlito Bracani hand me the steel. When the highest of the tyrants and giants are made the kneel. At last I can take off my mask and be revealed. Writing Coptic, not hyperbolic, it's hydroponic. Kids conscious like Dap Dunlap at Mission College. It's Adonis after 400 years of hidden knowledge. I stand before a man as a god, and I myth the logic. Light up the horizon, the living comet, luxury, money, go homes and friendships. I live as promised. Some my blood and my sweat and my tears, a written doctrine, the glory of Allah and the sin of a risen prophet aside. Split personality, your man's duality, or human fallacy to just assume the analogy. If my true mentality is to be in tune with the galaxy, why should I be satisfied with a view on the salary? Would you love what's in hip hop if you knew the reality? When they turn the cameras off and start removing the batteries, I try to tell myself without pursuing this mastery and hope that I'm not losing my sanity.
what do you think the the feeling is of Bay House One? Like, what's the emotion? I think it's very um, like reflective. For me, it's kind of the struggle between like my, my best self, in a sense of like this artistic part that I feel like, man, I'm 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 very well at, and then maybe you would say like my worst self, which is some of the things I struggle with personally. And I think like when you're you know when you're by yourself. In isolation, there's a tendency to like do that self introspection. So I definitely think the the music it's sort of up tempo, but it it's a it's a feeling that the music gives you. To me, you know, I I write to the production. Like I don't I normally don't come up with an idea until I hear like what the what the beat is saying and kind of the emotion the beat is giving me. And so that was like, you know, I, that that the the melody and the the music caused me to write, uh, I, I would say, like introspectively. So let's talk about the next piece, uh, live from Captiva. Yes. How is that one different emotionally from the Bay House piece? So live from Captiva. So Captiva is actually where the Robert Rauschenberg, that's the name of the town, it's Captiva, Florida. If if you kind of look, and like I said, my interpretation of the expression of the untitled man was kind of like how I felt in Captiva. Like of, there, there was a part of me that was really, you know, of course I'm honored to be there. I'm down there, like I'm, I'm it's a it's a beautiful estate. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I have access to everything I, that I that I want or need. I can kind of just focus on music. We had like a chef, so like lunch and dinner was like th- that was the only requirement was like for you to come and lunch and dinner. It was all these other amazing artists that were there, but there was another part of me that felt like I felt guilty being there. That felt like, man, I'm here and I'm in this kind of paradise situation. And folks back where I'm from, I, I live in a place called Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh is one of the poorest inner city black communities in the country. You know, so I'm 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 like, man, I'm on this beach. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I have all this access. And it's like the majority of people in my community will never see anything like this. Don't have access to this. Don't have access to these opportunities. So it was also a feeling of like, guilt to be in there. I don't know if you if if you can if you understand that. You know what I'm saying? Like um, I do understand that. Right. So so I, there's a line in Live from Captiva where I'm like, did Dr. King have a vacay? Did the Black Panthers have a play day? You know what I mean? Like like so I'm I'm asking like is it okay almost to like take this time to like just kind of have this experience. And I often I think as an artist it gives you access to these places and spaces that a lot of people just never have access to. So I often feel that when I walk in that I'm not I'm not there just representing myself, you know, that I'm representing a community. And part of my responsibility is to not only take that experience back, but in some way help to open the doors for other people in my community to have those same experiences. So connect that back for me to the piece of art. Um and something made you think of both your own piece, which is talking about 
I, I guess the the guilty of, of enjoying something that's essentially good right. to this piece by Marshall. Why? So, like I said, I mean, what what I see is, um, and I think like, you know, and and that to me, that's why I, I really like about this piece because I think it's open to interpretation. It's like to what you see, you know. To me, this is what what dope art is. It's like you you look at it and it it gives you an emotion. So for me, it's almost like a mirror in a sense of, like I said, like what I see is um, kind of a a, a a reflective expression. But at the same time, the position of the hands of the piece kind of show me like almost like you're 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 trapped in. It's like you know, like the like like society in a sense won't let you break through and and be kind of like your full self. And so that's kind of how I relate it to a lot of times when I walk into these experiences. I even 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 going down there, it's like I can't. I have to. I have to be reserved in even how I interact with the artist around me. You know what I'm saying? If I'm my real, full, authentic self, somebody might get offended. Somebody might take it the wrong way or somebody might see me as a threat or I might mess up this opportunity for another artist coming from behind me. So I have to be reserved. Like I have to hold myself (laughs) back in in a sense. You feel me? Like, and that's kind of what I saw in this piece. What are we to make of the Black person, the Black American, especially through Marshall's eyes? I would say he's interested in Black subjects as a whole, including diasporic subjects, not just Americans, um, and, and representing a range of subjectivities and feelings duress and trauma, but also a kind of uh, satisfaction. Uh, Later on in his career, he did images of couples walking on the beach, looking sort of rather contented. So a range of responses, a range of subjects, not just one traumatized subject. He's trying to reach different audiences. And he's also, of course, trying to reach the museum. He sees the museum as the destination of his art because museums have too few images of Black uh, individuals on their walls. When you're Black in America in certain spaces, you know, when I left college, I was a mortgage broker. My given name is Jasiri, but I couldn't, I felt like if I used my name Jasiri, most of the time you're talking to people on the phone, they would they were automatically like, kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm ethnic. Um, you know, what is that? What does that mean? So I just use J period. So then you don't know, you don't, you don't, you don't have those, you know, when you hear Jasiri, it's uh, automatically, it's like, oh, that's foreign sounding. That's exotic what sounding. What did that feel like? But what did it feel like to replace your name with J? Well, I mean, it's kind of like the, the, the brother in the picture. It's like, you got to hold yourself back. And I think that's been a lot of the experience of not just, I mean, you know, not even just Black people like you say. I'm, I'm sure there's cases of, of, of women in certain environments where you feel like you got to put on a certain face. And, uh, you know, in, in, in the Black community, we call it like code switching. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's like, I can't then come, I can't come into the environment, I can't dress the way I want, I can't speak the way I want, I can't be fully authentically me because somebody might take it in a, in a different way. And so, like I said, I see particularly the positions of his hands, almost like I see it as like, to me, it's symbolic of like a straight jacket. And like, you got to hold yourself back 
to me, the expression is like, I'm alive, I'm here, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm blessed to be here. However, I can't be my full and true self. And that's what I interpret in this piece. Here's live from Captiva by Jaziri X one more time, uninterrupted. Cup runneth over me, blessings leaving stains over the upholstery. Feeling guilty seeing the pain of those close to me. Hopefully, they'll feel this like it was dopamine. APDTA for looking over me, gave me food. I still had to cook the groceries, pushing deep inside those universal ovaries. So it seems 10 years later, I'm still growing dreams. This is live from Captiva. Who else got a fellowship and spitting that ether? Black preacher, adapt the crack speakers. If you haven't struck gold, then you need to rap deeper. You can take it as a jewel, it's just universal law, I'm not making up the rules. No, I'm not a prophet, I'm just breaking in their shoes, saying peace, even as-salamu alaykum to the fools, look up. Did Malcolm X have a vacay? Did Dr. King have a play day? Did the Panthers throw barbecues in their heyday? Where everybody party, no need for the 8K. Waiting in the waves, but my mind's on a struggle. Relax, all I know is the grind and the hustle. Wanna bring me where it's safe to make me blind to the trouble? Domesticated nigga, take the line out the jungle. This is live from Captiva, where I'm from. Miss Cole survived the blast heaters. Letting them guns blow in their ride like fast cheaters. In my hood, them souls don't die from bad fevers. This is for my sister Janice and all those that we lost in the streets. Is the cost for peace more or less than the cost of a peace? And will I start a ride when I let it off at the beach? Blow. Thanks once again to Jaziri X for joining us. You can re-listen to the music he shared with us on our website. Just go to nga.gov slash podcast. Sound Thoughts on Art is a production of the National Gallery of Arts Music Department. The show is created by Danielle Deswert-Hahn, the National Gallery's Head of Music Programs, and mixed and produced by Maura Curry. You can find more information about everything in today's episode at the National Gallery's website, nga.gov slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode of Sound Thoughts on Art, we would love for you to subscribe. Also, leave us a review wherever you're listening. I'm Celeste Headley. Until next time, be well. <laughs>